Hello, everybody, and Wait, welcome. We'll just try again. I, uh, I think I just I, I made a noise just as you said that. <laughs> I just want to give you a clean. Yeah, sweet. Clean. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Bit Spursy. We are back after a couple of weeks away to talk about just a couple of things that have happened while we're gone, uh, mainly the fact that we actually have a manager now and we need to correct ourselves for the last uh, the last pod, don't we, Dan? We do. We do. Um, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember where we were at with the last pod. The last two or three pods we've done and kind of blurred into one mm. um, across the sort of managerial search yep. uh, and what that became. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is our first one back where we do have uh, a new man in charge. Yeah. Big Nuno. Big Nuno himself. Um, and I know, like, the videos that were put out by the club when he was announced are highly edited. They're designed to win the fans over. But by God, Dan, did they work on me. Oh, they worked on me <laughs> as well. Yeah. When like Nuno repeats, he's like, you know, we're going to work really hard. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, we are going to work <laughs> really hard and we're going to make you proud. And I was like, yeah, yeah. we're going to be so proud. Oh, I was, I got sucked in as well. Sucked in. Part of it, like, you know, I love the, we're going to make you proud. We're going to work hard. But there was just something behind his eyes when I was looking into them while I was watching the video that I was like, this guy is stoked to be here. Like he is stoked and he really is excited about this opportunity. He's not like, God, I stuffed it at my last club. Now I've got to work (laughs) something out here. Like he really looks excited. Yeah, I think you're right. He genuinely did look like he wanted to be there. Mm. Um, And, you know, he didn't care if he was the fourth, fifth, sixth choice, whatever. Um, he was just wrapped. Yeah. Like, and it also didn't seem like, um, yeah, like uh, it just seemed like he seemed energized. He didn't seem like tired or anything. And I know it's like, it's tough to read so much into like a video from that, but I don't know. You can just kind of tell like when someone sits down to talk, um, like I think the video with Paratici when Mm. he was talking, he looked real tired. Yeah. And like the reports are that he just works nonstop round the clock. And everything. Um, he kind of had them like bags under his eyes. He yeah. was, I was like, you know, like, Fabio, get some sleep. Like, yeah. It's, it, it's okay. We'll be okay. Um, but no, no, he just looked like he, I just wanted to be there sitting across the table from him. He was glowing. He was glowing. He was glowing. Um, and, it, you know, even the video um, of him taking that first training, I was like, is that the sun? <laughs> Wow, this guy's really glowing. It didn't have the same uh, comedic quality as the first Jose training video with the padding of the heads and just the ridiculousness. Um, It looked more like he was there to do a job, which is a good thing. I thought he was more there to be a coach and coach the team Mm. and, you know, take on that head coach role and, you know, not sort of like Planet Jose. Yeah. Um, with so I think like you know Jose would have loved being in um, All or Nothing. Oh yeah, like that's so like whatever Jose says now because now he's complaining he's like oh I won like I've won like twenty four and a half trophies and, yeah. and all that stuff and I think even today he had another comment because he's just officially started at Roma mm. and he had a comment of like 
Oh, at Man U, I was viewed as a, a failure. I won three trophies there. At Tottenham, um, you know, I got the team to a final but wasn't allowed to play it, um, so, but that was viewed as a failure. So he's like, my failures are viewed as other people's successes and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, looking back on Jose, there were some entertaining moments yeah. uh, for sure. Um, and, yeah, the document he was great in the documentary. Oh, yeah. Um, but now I would love to see kind of like, the low budget second series with Nuno. Mm. Like I get the feeling of, you know, sometimes you'll see like a, I'll say a blockbuster Hollywood movie, but I don't mean that. I mean like a final destination or something yep. where somehow it got like $50 million funding. And then it's like some of the cast and crew have come back a couple of years later and like, let's make a sequel. Yeah. And then studios are like, mm, we'll give you like a hundred thousand. Mm. You can make it. And they're always really sort of like, you know, crummy compared to like what the original was. What I would love to see now is like I'd love to see a more lo-fi yeah. Nuno all or nothing and just see him walking around just being positive. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just see him talking that sweet manager talk. Like I want to hear like we gave it our all um, and um, belief is the most important thing um, and I'm so proud of my players and stuff. I want to see that. I don't want to see a papilla, a papaya. <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, it remains to be seen how like gifable um, Nuno is. But the mm. one we have seen is that that one where he does like the triple fist pump. Yeah, um, when he was at Wolves, mm-hmm. I've seen that a few times. Yeah, um, but I would love to see yeah some more some more Nuno gifts. But I think they will be nothing is probably ever going to top the Jose Mourinho um, Sacramento gift where um, they think a card should be given out. Yeah, <laughs> and then they just change so quickly and sprint. That is one of the best things i've ever seen it in is football. incredible it is incredible i um have sort of been reflecting on how i felt about uh nuno's wolves uh over the last couple of seasons and my gut reaction every single time we played them was like oh no we're playing wolves they're bigger and stronger than us and they're gonna be harder than us at the ball Oh, God. Like, that was my reaction every single time. And, you know, they beat us a couple of times and they deserved to beat us the times that they did. And there was a couple of games where we did not deserve to beat them and we did. Oh, with um, uh, Supian's uh, yeah. header yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a great header. It was um, awesome. Yeah, I, I agree, though. It's like they were – I didn't look forward to us playing Wolves over the last few years. Yeah. Um, and especially at the start of Nuno's reign, like I was like, this Wolves team is a decent team. Yeah. Like it seemed like a team which like plays, um, I don't know, like they were playing above their like their capabilities. Like I guess whatever like the XG term is for like X performance. Yeah. Like whatever their expected performance is, it seemed like they were playing above that. Um, and it was like, I don't know, it was kind of exciting in some ways to see a team that has just come up from the championship. Um, albeit they had a very good squad for what the championship was because mm. of, you know, Mendes time. Yeah. Um, but like, it was like, great. Like they actually are competing in this league and like they're going at it. Like they had a lot of pace, especially down the wings and with their wing backs and everything. It was like, yeah, this is kind of a, a tough team to play, but it's, they weren't just sitting back and parking the bus by yeah. any stretch. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like a lot of the, uh, mentality or the ideas around appointing Jose Mourinho was about this proven winner who's going to make these Spurs players into uh, competitors that never give up and they're going to win things through, you know, like 
immeasurable constructs like grit and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but to me, when I reflect on this Wolves team that Nuno, like they had those, from my perspective, they had those things. They already had that. So I'm, I am very excited to see what he can do um, with a bigger budget and better players. Oh, uh, definitely. And I think like a lot of, a lot has been said about Nuno's um, having a good ability to like work with younger players, develop younger players, and also just improve players in general. Um, whereas I think comparing to Jose, Jose really, if he didn't like a player, he just seemed to just call them out <laughs> until yeah. they would maybe play better. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more than that, but it just seemed like, you know, Jose has such more, um, you know, such a high demand on like needing players to be brought in that already had a specific sort of quality um, as opposed to say, you know, developing younger players or working with players that we have and trying to improve them. Because it's like we get written off like so many players in our squad have been written off over like based on what happened last season. And a lot of them I think quite unfairly. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, our whole team has to go. We need to get rid of 20 players out. Like you, you can put up on, on Twitter and do a poll. Like, All right, who, if, you, if we have to sell five players and then bring in like, you know, bring in three or five, like what would you do? And people are always like, oh, it's not going to do anything. Going to sell 20. <laughs> going to sell everyone and bring in, bring in. And it's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Like you can't go like, All right, take Kane and sign out of our squad and we get relegated. Our players are so bad. Like there are some decent players in there. There are some very good players. And especially, I think, with the right manager, um, you know, those players can continue to improve. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that <laughs> it always comes, yeah, it's like, get rid of 20 players. They're all terrible. And then I suppose Kane's going to leave. And then Son will go off Kane leaves. So that leaves no players. Um, oh, no, uh, Hoybier can stay. Um, that's <laughs> it. Oh, and then you're like, the whole, <laughs> if we didn't have Kane or Son, there would either be other players that would not probably be as good as them, but there would be a system developed that would work for those, those players that we had. Like it's not, it's not like these two players go and we would get relegated. That's just not like, have you seen Hoibier at the Euros? Like what? Incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. incredible. Yeah. Um, he looks like a completely different player to yeah. um, last season. And I think it's like, it's so exciting to get, if we get it, you know, even like 85% of like Euros Hoybier back, mm. um, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like West Ham, they don't have Kane or Son. Yeah. Right? They still do things. Yeah, exactly. They still, you know, all the teams around us don't have Kane or Son. Mm. So to act like it's like, oh, we lose them, we're going down. Yeah. We're going straight down to League One. <laughs> no, we're going to go even further to the, oh, what's, uh, we, we, I don't know my, um, my English league table well enough. Like what's the, it's like Isthmian League or something is like below League Two, below League Two. Yeah, there's like I think there's like Northern Southern Conference. Yeah, yeah. But then below that, there's like it, I just remember it from Football Manager back in the day. Uh, there was like if you just go further and further down, there's like these names with these leagues with like different names, and you're just like, oh wow, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Um, but it's like we're gonna go just plummet mm. if we lose those players. Yeah. Um, which is not going to be the case at all. Mm. Um, I think as well, it's like on, on Nuno overall, there's been a lot of people sort of, um, it's, it's quite interesting. It's like we signed Nuno and then suddenly, I don't know, 75% of our fan base are Wolves experts yeah. who have watched every Wolves game in the last three years, have watched every Valencia game before that and have watched every Porto game and are suddenly complete experts on every angle of Nuno's play. Um, 
just basing off the fact that Wolves finished like 13th or 14th last season. Mm. Which is so fascinating to me because the one constant in his managerial career is that he has adapted his tactics <laughs> for the situation that he's been in and created a working system every, pretty much every single time. Like, <laughs> so the fact that you can, you can make grand conclusions about him and how his teams play is completely mad. Like he's going to adjust for the squad that he's got because that's what he does every single time. Definitely. And it's like, um, it's like people have already made his, their mind up on him purely based on last season. Yeah. But like you say, you, you go back, you look through it, and it's like he has played different systems um, at all the clubs he's been at. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that doesn't go like, oh, there's someone with a lack of identity of how they exactly want to play. To me, it's like, great. Someone is going, all right, I'm arriving at this new club. I'm not just going to come in here and demand that the whole squad gets overturned to play with my system. It's like I can work with whatever is here, like whatever is happening at a club. Like imagine if you just have like any company, like say you've got, I don't know, an, an investment firm. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I would pick a topic. I don't know that much about, but let's say you got an investment firm and you bring in a new, like, you know, mid-level manager and they're like, well, for me to do my job, you're going to have to fire everyone else below me. And like, you're going to have to replace like 30 people for me to accurate, like be able to actually like do my job and, Mm. and sort of, you know, get some decent results here. Your response to that would be like, this is absolutely insane. Yeah. You're not getting the job. Yeah, exactly. It's not happening. Yeah. So it's great. It's exciting to have like, all right, here's someone who will adapt, will look at the squad. Obviously, there's going to be some players we need to bring in, but overall the club already knows what we really desperately need. Um, and it's great to have someone who's like, you know, willing to work with what's there instead of demanding that we spend more and more money and we have like, you know, a Conte situation where everyone's like, oh, oh my God, oh, oh, oh. you've got to give Conte what he wants. And it's like, We've got some players. We've got some good players. Yeah, exactly. And we we just can't afford to go out and be like, so who did you want, uh, Antonio? Um, anyone? Anyone in particular? Oh, 100 million on uh, Goretzka? Yeah, yep, yep, done, done, done. Uh, yeah, we'll get rid of Harry Winks. We'll just drop him. We won't even bother selling him because we don't need the money. It's like, no, we do need the money. That's how this club uh, works. And so... Like now that the dust has settled on the uh, appointment of Nuno, I feel um, I feel very good. I feel very positive about. I feel like it is a good appointment. It's not Conte, which was exciting, but it probably wouldn't have worked. It's not Gattuso. <laughs> you know, it's not even um, Fonseca. It's like this is, a, in my opinion. A, a more well thought out appointment than that. It, it, you know, like we might, maybe we don't light the world on fire next season, but I would say we're probably going to be competitive. Um, and then we'll just see where we go from there. Yeah, I, I agree. I also think it's a, it's a nice, like low expectation. Excuse me. I don't mean low expectation in a really bad way. Like we expect to do poorly, but it's like, if we get in a Conte, that there's suddenly this whole huge fanfare of like, we need to go for the league mm. next season. And realistically, we're not going to win the league next season. No. Whatever happens, we're not going to win the league next season. Mm-mm. But I think it's like a low, I guess it more, it's like not a low expectation, but a low pressure appointment in a way. It's like, we've got a manager who knows the Premier League has been in, you know, three seasons in, that's still decent. Um, came straight up for the championship, finished seventh twice. Mm. And that's no like me, like that's pretty, 
pretty um, pretty good. Like last season, a lot of things that like, you know, key injuries, um, certain players like, you know, dropping off the – like Matinho just like completely sort of yeah. dropped off for them. Um, Diego Jota left, <laughs> like mm. who was so important for them. Um, Jimenez as well. He was, <laughs> you know, injured for so long. So I think it's like, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a – it's an exciting excitement that it's like I would much prefer us to have a manager that we can kind of get behind and we'd like listening to and we get motivated to listen to. Mm. And, you know, like we said, we're going to make you proud. We're going to make you guys so proud. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> give me that. Yeah. Like I would much prefer that now than someone who just comes in like, like a Jose thing, we'll win the title next year. Mm. We'll win it. That's fine. That's it. Goodbye. It's like, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, so I like this of like, it feels appropriate for where we are. Um, and I think Nuno can actually help us sort of step forward and also work with some of the young players that we really want to see. Um, you know, like players like Skip, like like players like Scarlett. Like halfway through last season, so many fans were calling like, I want to see more Scarlett. I want Scarlett to start a few games. I want him to be in. Oh, Skip, he's going to come back. He's going to do this. And then the same people like, we need Conte and to spend 500 million. It's like, Choose one. Yeah. <laughs> like, choose one. And I think it's like, you know, how well did it work with Harry? He was a player who was like developed by the club, came through. I know Harry's like one in a million, but like at the same time, it's like I'm really excited to see like Nuno working with Skip. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see like Sessegnon back. I'm really excited to see like, you know, maybe a bit more from Scarlett, see what he's really about. Um, like who are you looking forward to seeing, I guess, under Nuno's tutelage? I am looking forward to seeing Skip. Obviously, that's probably my my uh, best prospect, most exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to <laughs> see Harry Winks under Nuno um, because he said the other day that he's not going anywhere and he's happy. Uh, well, he didn't say he's not going anywhere, but he was like, "I'm happy at Spurs" or whatever he said. I'm trying to work out: Are you taking the piss that you want to see Harry Winks under Nuno? Or is this a serious? No, I would gen- you give Harry Winks a chance under Nuno? No, no, no. I give him no chance. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think it'll work out. But what I want to happen is for him to get some of that uh, Nuno midfield like uh, gravitas, uh, aggressiveness, um, and just see this Harry Winks uh, elf boy <laughs> transform <laughs> into a big mean troll. That's what I want to see. That this huge like uh, face to heel. Uh, flip that Great. is so it's like yeah it's like a WWE storyline yeah <laughs> like devastating and he gets like a face tattoo um and he's really scared like that's what I want I don't think it will happen um I would love like now you've you've sold me on this yeah I would love to see that happen that yeah Harry Winks is just like the ultimate bad boy of the league yeah. next season yeah then would you be happy with him if he made this full change yeah or would you still want him to go well if he makes the full change and then, but his play doesn't get any better. Like, well then, but. Yeah, if, so it, like if he gets a face tattoo, it doesn't change. Yeah, it's then like, I'm just, yeah. It'll be funny for a bit. And then I'll be like, no, but can we sell him? Yeah. Um, but if he brings this new bad boy aggressiveness, heel character into the game, I'd love it. I just love this idea of like we appoint like Vince McMahon as someone yeah. to like sit behind the scenes and he's like, all right, we've got a new coach, we've got a new director of football. Now we need to work on our image. We need to create more storylines for our players. Yeah. Let's get a bit of conflict. Yeah. You know, Delhi and uh, Delhi and Dyer, you know, that's a little tag team that's like been, we haven't heard much of their bromance for a few years. Mm. They used to be so close. What happened there? 
Are they still together? What's going on? Let's get that all fueling out. Um, and then, yeah, we just suddenly become a wrestling club. <laughs> yeah. Instead. Be cool. Um, are you at all concerned, uh, A, about the uh, links between Nuno and Jose and B, the the big one, the Mendez link with Nuno? Mm. It's like I was getting so excited. It's like my balloon was rising up towards <laughs> towards the sky and then you've just like shot it down with an arrow. Yep. Um, Harry Winks arrow. <laughs> He's going to bring a whole stack of them every game. Um, I think it's it's not getting me down, but it's definitely something I'm a bit wary of. Mm. I don't think so much the Jose thing because it's like a lot of players have played under Jose. I know that like, you know, Nuno's spoken really well of him, like, you know, and and that stuff in the past. But I think like we spoke earlier, like Nuno's shown a bit of adaptability from his teams where it's kind of like Jose seems to just want to play the same way mm. um, with wherever he, where, wherever he goes because he's always just complaining he doesn't have the players that he wants. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, the Mendez links are probably a bit more concerning given that Nuno was Mendez's first client and like they met, I think, something like Mendez was like a nightclub owner or something and they met in Portugal like a bar. This is uh, this is from what I read. Like yeah. I don't know exactly how much of it is true, but like I'm believing it for the sake of this point. Um, and it's like they met at a bar, and then like Nuno was talking to him, and like Mendes decided to become an agent from that point onwards, and like drove met, drove Nuno like I don't know, like I think into Spain um, somewhere, like this long car drive, and basically ordered this club to sign him as a goalkeeper, and they signed him. Um, and so it seems like, yeah, the Mendez Nuno link is so strong, so much stronger than like the Mendez Jose link. Yeah. Um, so I think there is some concern there. Um, although Mendez does represent some decent players. So I'm probably like, I don't like the idea of Mendez is pulling the strings in that sort of manner. But if we get decent players out of it who happen to be Mendez clients, like, I guess I'm kind of like, I'm not that, I'm not super, super concerned, but I understand the, like, the concerns around the situation. Like, where do you lie on that sort of um, scale? The best thing I've read in terms of the first thing with Jose and Nuno is that Jose, oh, sorry, Nuno likes what Jose does in terms of uh, mentality and we're all in this together and we, you know, try our best but then he differentiates from him because he likes passing triangles. And that gets me excited. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. That's cool. I like and, passing and triangles. And he also likes fitness. Yeah, he likes fitness a lot, which is exciting. Um, in terms of the Mendez thing, I just think Mendez, you know, along with um, who's the other huge super agent whose name I'm going Mino to Yeah. The, both of them are held up as these horrible big bad guys. And to an extent they are, but – every footballer in the Premier League is represented by a big bad agent. You know, like whether we, the public, are aware of this person or not, they are still probably doing some pretty cooked stuff. So I am not that concerned about the Mendes link because we'll, you know, unless you know Spurs and like they show um, Levy a, a PowerPoint, <laughs> which uh, was it the extra intro talking about how, um, he just gets so overwhelmed by them that he just agrees. Yeah, and he just swings. He just swings. <laughs> he loves something and then he can be swayed another way very easily. Yeah, yeah. So unless, you know, Mendes is going to come in with a whole bunch of PowerPoints, I think we'll be okay. Um, but I also just think it's not that big a deal than it's being portrayed as 
as being. And if you look at Wolves, like they, like a lot of the signings they got that Mendes clients were great. Like they were really good. And they're kind of signings they shouldn't have had, yeah. especially for like championship. Like mm. they were like better than championship level sort of players yeah. that, that, that came through. Mm. So to me, it's like, well, if Jose and Mendes, you know, are in business together, we didn't really benefit. But if Nuno and Mendes, you know, Nuno being Mendes' first client, maybe there's a, there's something more there than just us functioning as like <laughs> – Mendes is like cash cleaning, yeah. you know, uh, Mendes business. surrogate for all his babies. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you're right. It's like there's until we see it starting to happen, I think there's no real reason to really get too concerned about it. Mm. Um, if we start signing absolute like trash players that we're like, there's nothing that says that they are even half decent player, but they are a Mendes client. Then it's definitely time to like start getting out of the pitchforks and, and, you know, being quite vocally upset about the whole thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, you know, you hear that like, um, you know, Paratici has like a good um, relationship with Mendes as well. But then at the same time, like I like the fact that it's not just like Daniel Levy dealing directly with, say, Mendes mm. on players either. So it feels like if I can, and, I, and it's like I'm torn with um, to say like Paratici, would I be like the English version? Mm. That way of saying, or like Paratici, which is like the more like Italian yeah. um, version. But I don't know which way I'm going to go whenever it leaves my mouth. Oh, so see, I'm kind of caught in this void now. I'm avoiding saying it because I want to say it the Paratici, or that, that might be wrong, but the more Italian way and how it's meant to be said, um, because I feel like I'm going to try and do that and then be like, Paratici. <laughs> yeah. And so I've just avoided, so I just say the, uh, the director. Yeah, Fab. <laughs> yeah, you know, Fab, fab. the director. Yeah, Fab. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Fab is our filter between yeah. between the two. And even if he really likes the taste of Mendez's blend, mm. he still is a filter that comes through and he's going to be judged purely on the signings that he makes. Yeah. Whereas like Levy can be swayed and like he's got other things he's trying to worry about and all these things. Whereas like Fab has got to like get, get good players in. Like that's his prime job. Mm. So I don't think he's going to go, all right, Mendez is trying to like – you know, give me this absolute like dosh player um, who's just rubbish. I'll take him because it's Mendes. Um, I don't think he, it seems like he's a bit smarter than that. Um, and it's kind of interesting hearing about how he kind of deals with transfers. And I think it was um, Fabrizio Romano who was talking about it and saying that like um, his way of dealing, um, Paratici, we'll yeah, go with that. Nice. Um, his way of dealing is, uh, to like negotiate with like, you know, four or five defenders at once, for example, if he's looking for a defender um, and get these negotiations all on the go and then kind of like strike and make the move for the best one at the time rather than sort of like negotiating with one target that falls through, then starting up negotiations with another target. Like to me, it seems like a, lot, a much better way to do it, to be like putting the fillers out, trying to see like what deals are actually available to be done and then making the decision mm. rather than like, oh, let's talk to this one person. Oh, let's talk to this one person. Oh, let's talk to them. So I think that's kind of like, you know, I like that way of sort of dealing with transfers. Yeah. Um, Is that uh, what happened with our manager search? Like was he playing the field with a whole bunch of people and then every single time we were saying, you know, hello, and, you know, like getting those feelers out there, we were just being linked with that manager by the press? 
It seems like that was happened. Mm. That that is what happened. But it's like it's so hard to actually tell because it's like the most like um, you know I was going to say conclusive, but like the most extensive report on this has been by Jack Pitbrook, mm. uh, Jack Pitbrook for the Athletic, where they they give a long rundown of like the managers that we went through and all that sort of stuff. But even that, we still don't know exactly what that process was. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't have surprised me if as soon as um, um, Paratici comes in, he's I'm, – I'm going with the Italian way today. That's, that's I love how it. it is. I love it. I'm trying – my Italian heritage is like coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like my Italian family would be very proud of this. Um, <laughs> although probably then my mom will say like you're saying it wrong the whole time and yeah. you just – it's an embarrassment to the family. So if that's the case, I apologize. We should get a soundbite maybe of your mum saying the name and so we don't ever have to say it and then we just have like some kind of like commercial radio button that we hit <laughs> so that she can say it for us. That would be. That would be great. That's yeah. all you need. By next episode, <laughs> we'll have every time you hear his name, <laughs> you'll hear my mum say yeah. it instead. So we make sure that we get it 100% yeah. right. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, on Italy, I mean, this is a little off topic, but obviously the Euros final is yeah. uh, very soon. Um, what are your, just really quick, what do you think is going to happen? Okay. Um, so I I feel a little bit torn. So a bit of background, my dad, um, the gaffer, who has been on the, uh, the yep. podcast before, um, he's from England, uh, born and raised in London, uh, moved out to Australia, moved back to England, um, blah, blah, blah. He's how I got into, into, into Spurs. So um, I feel some like affinity towards um, England in general for that. Um, however, my mom is Italian, uh, born in a little town called Frascati just outside Rome. Um, and I've, I, I've been to Italy quite a few times in my life, like maybe six or seven all up. Um, spent a bit of time there. I, I learned the language at university so I could speak to like family members when I was over there. So I feel a little bit like, you know, I feel connected to Italy as well. But I think for some reason when it comes to football, because I don't really watch that much Serie A and I focus more on the Premier League, I think I feel more of an affinity towards England in the sense of like, you know, their national team and watching them play. So this is a very just like long roundabout way of saying I've watched a lot of England in the Euros, um, but I haven't actually really watched that much of Italy apart from some, apart from some highlights. Um, I think as well because games are on here in the middle of the night mm. and now that a lot of them are at like 5 a.m. Yeah. Um, it's been way more challenging to actually watch full games. So mm. if we lived in a really nice time zone for the Euros, I would probably watch England and Italy both, but I've kind of like I've swayed more towards England. So for my prediction, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Although I kind of feel like, you know, it could be coming home. Oh. <laughs> it could be coming home. Ooh. It could be coming home. See, I like, I have no Italian links, but I do have some English, but that's sort of, you know, it's like a generation or so back. So there's no like real affinity to it, but I just go for England because... Like I, my housemate's English and um, I know the players. Like I watch the Premier League and I, so I want to see them succeed together. That's pretty much it. I think England are very much the, uh, in terms of national teams, they are the Spurs of the national team. Um, so that means that they're going to lose the, <laughs> the final. But I really, really hope that they don't because um, 
I've never forgiven Italy for the World Cup in 2006 uh, when Old Mate dived. Um, and um, so, oh, for the um, for the penalty, yeah. See, I take a different opinion on that. Uh, like, I think it was definitely he went down like it was a dive, mm. but also Lucas Neal's slide tackle was so stupid. Yeah, it was basically like, all right, I'm lying on the ground in front of you. You can choose to run over me if you want mm. and do that. So it's yeah. like, I kind of like, I'm, I'm torn. Like, I feel like, nah, I don't know about that penalty. But at the same time, I'm like, it was such a bad tackle. Yeah. It was yeah. such a bad tackle that I can't really get too sort of worked up. So over. I agree. The tackle was terrible. However, the tackle was so terrible that I, who died from, I can't remember who it was. Um, ooh, I don't, it doesn't I can't know. remember. Yeah. No. I don't know. But it was so bad that he could have he would have been able to see it happen, and then be like, "Ah, oh, he's like la- he's laid down in front of me, so now I'm going to go a different way." But instead, what he did was like, "I'll just run into him and then go over, and then I'll get a penalty." Which, you know, like players do that all the time, but it still makes me so furious um, because that was our World Cup. That was it. We're never going to get into the round of sixteen or whatever it was again. Yeah. I look, no, I, I look, and I, I agree with you to an extent as well. It's like mm. I don't like diving, I don't like simulation, but I think it's like with that one, I'm like, I think when the defending is so sloppy, mm. I feel like I'm a little bit more lenient if an attacker takes advantage of that. Yeah. Whereas I think if an attacker just kind of crafts something out of nothing, and like makes a huge deal of that, I'm a lot more critical of the attacker. Yeah. Doing that. Because I also feel like, especially like, you know, an international tournament like the World Cup, like there's so much at stake for these games. Mm. So if you're in like that Italian team, if you're like, if, if that player doesn't go down, like do that, like he's going to get berated by his teammates. Like, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? You absolute fool. Um, because I mean, they went through and they, they won. won. They won. So, I mean... At the end of the day, are they going to be remembered as like, oh, you're the team that won the World Cup that year or you're the team that went down with that questionable sort of decision which really hurt a lot of Australians? Um, depends who you ask. Depends. Australia is very, yeah. very, and I don't want to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not condoning it, but I'm like, it doesn't irk me so much. But it also could be because I've got like, I feel like I need to defend Italy a tiny bit mm. and I can't completely condemn that. So for me, every... Every time I remember the event, I get white hot anger <laughs> through my whole body. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, different strokes, different folks, <laughs> I guess. I think maybe as well because it was like, it was like the, that was, was that the first one we qualified for? First one we qualified for since, it was the second I think we've ever qualified for. I think it was like the 70s or something, which yeah. we qualified. Yeah. And I think like it was great to see Australia in there and, and, and do that. So I think I was just like happy to see Australia in the World Cup mm. in general. So like getting through the group stage was like incredible. Yeah. So I think like I was just very happy with that and my expectations weren't further. And I've just realistically thought like even if we got through that game, we're not getting through the next round. Like we're not winning this. Mm. Um, we're not going to keep going through. So I think that's maybe why I was like, you know, um, it's like, you know, a good result. Well done. We got through that. Um, and now, like, you know, I don't really get too excited about the Australian national team at the moment. No. Um, like, I'm not even really following yeah, I've got that no team. Idea. 
So it feels also kind of a little bit weird that's like we're watching the Euros and like we're kind of invested in, you know, England winning. Um, and it's like we don't even know who's playing for our national team um, at the moment there. But I think to bring it back to your the, the Euros sort mm. of point here, I think like you said something nice of like the, you know, we get to watch the players that we watch every week in the Premier League. And there's something nice that now we don't have to hate them. Yeah. So like we can watch Grealish play and enjoy mm. his link up with Kane. Yeah. Um, we can watch Sterling and... You know, Appl- get, applaud him for diving. Applaud him for like that was a dive. <laughs> that, yeah. was a, that was a dive. Yeah. Um, but we can watch players that we normally feel like we have to have like you know hatred by association because they play for a different team. Mm. Um, we can actually watch them and in just you know enjoy players that we're so familiar with. Yeah. Um, which is there's something really, really nice about that. Yeah. It was it was fantastic to watch Sterling dive and then jump up from my couch and go, "That's a penalty! That's a penalty!" And then it be a penalty because uh, in the Premier League, I would have had a very different reaction. So it was like cool to get to uh, like flirt with <laughs> the other side, I guess. Oh, definitely. And it's kind of nice as well. Like, you know, as much as I think as Spurs fans, we have mixed emotions about Kane mm. right now. Um, it's nice to see that, you know, he started to find a little bit of form um, and yeah, scored a few goals and... Um, could win the golden boot, mm. but I think he's, cause my understanding is it goes by goals, assists, and then minutes played. Yep. And so Ronaldo has five goals, one assist, and like barely any minutes played cause they went out. Um, Kane has four goals, zero assists and a lot more minutes played. Yeah. So he's either going to have to score one goal, two assists, or just score two goals in the final. And knowing Kane, like we've spoken about him before, like when there's some personal sort of, you know, title at stake. Like he won't really jeopardize a team result for it, of course, but he'll be going for that golden boot too. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be so interesting to see Kane in the final because the two finals or three, did he play in the uh, Carabao? Car- what was it called? Carabao. Capital, was the Capital One when we played Chelsea in the final? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was, yeah. I, don't, I can't remember if he played actually, but the more recent ones, the Champions League and the Carabao Pup, uh, Pup <laughs> Cup, um, <laughs> He has been absent pretty much. It's been like playing with 10. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see, given he's not coming back from any injury that we know of, how he performs in the final. Well, you're right. Like this is the first big like test since, you know, like because Carabao, like, you know, yeah. Champions League was really the big, and like he did come back from an injury. Carabao as well did come back from a minor injury. Now he looks pretty fresh. Um like I'm, I'm not saying he looks like you know he's not moving around incredibly, but like he doesn't seem to be carrying any injuries that we know of. Mm. So this is really a chance for him to like be f- you know fit enough going into a final and seeing what he can actually do. Yeah, um, and seeing if yeah, like I think it's these are the sort of moments that like you know start putting players in like those great conversations. Um, like it just seems like you know even though you know like Messi hasn't won. A, a World Cup with Argentina. He's won so many like leagues, Champions Leagues, all that with Barcelona. So it's like he's, mm. no, everyone's like, yep, he's great. Same with Ronaldo. They're like, yep, cool. But it's like when players don't really get to that level where they, you know, they almost like have to be responsible for their team winning a major trophy at some stage. Um, they're not really going to be sort of remembered um, you know, as much across the board, which mm. I think is, I don't, I don't really agree with it. Because it's like, 
yeah, sure, we play football like to win and we want to do that and we want to win these titles. But like we don't like if you don't win a title from a career but you play as a professional footballer across like, you know, a number of years, like that's still incredible and you're in like the like 0.0000001% of footballers worldwide. Mm. So it's still amazing just to be a professional player. Yeah. Um, but it would be good to see him sort of win something and then maybe just get that sort of like chip off his shoulder of like not having won a major um, major trophy. Yeah, completely. I mean, I feel when I watch him at the moment, in the heat of the moment, I want him to do as well as he possibly can and I'm going for him and I yell his name a lot during uh, England games. But when uh, when there's a throw-in or something and I see him there, I have this like, uh, Harry, uh, <laughs> you know, after the video and... Um, as in, wait, the Neville video or the recent video that he said? Uh, the Neville video. What was the recent video? Well, the recent one where he's talking about his comments about like Nuno and oh uh, yeah and Fab and Fab, um, yeah and he yeah it was like I look forward to talking with them. He's or, or talking with Nuno. He's a he's a great manager. I'm sure we'll catch up after the Euros. And the same with um, Fab. Yeah, and it's like I'm sure we'll speak at some stage after that. And it's like. You are employed by that team. You were definitely going to speak to these people. <laughs> yeah, like don't care yourself. As, you haven't left yet. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll chat to Nuno at some stage. It's like I'd hope so. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's such a like talking about Harry Winks heel turns. This is a pretty good Harry Kane heel turn in terms of being this like honest dude that just loves Tottenham and loves playing for the club and he cares about the team and all this kind of stuff. To now. First of all, the Neville video, those comments are kind of a bit like, um, and he obviously wants to go and part of that process I understand is trying to distance yourself from the club, but uh, it's still pretty like, he's gone from this like angelic figure in my mind to um, a corrupted angel, the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think it's it's kind of interesting like, depending on how England go. Because I guess there's four outcomes. England lose, which is two, like represents two of these outcomes. Mm. And then Kane either like takes that as like lights an insane fire under him and he's more determined than ever to move somewhere where he can win something. Yeah. England lose and he's kind of like, I need to work harder. I don't like, I need to, I need to make this right. But maybe he's not so like, he's like, I need to, I need to just, just knuckle down wherever I am. I'm not so fast. Um, then the other two outcomes, if Spur, sorry, if England win, he either goes, all right, I've won something. That's a relief. I can sort of relax for a bit now. And maybe I don't need to leave Spurs right now. I can still, you know, go back, get involved with preseason. Like maybe there is still another season or two I can be there because I've already won a major thing. So I'm pretty happy with that. Or he's like wins something with England, wins the Euros, and then he just gets addicted to that. And he's like, this... I want to feel this every season. I'm going because I want this mm. right now. I want more of it right now. I'm more determined than ever to push for a move. Yep. I think he will still want to go. That's my um, – however, you know, he's not going anywhere because poor Manchester City and Pep Guardiola <laughs> even got $100 million and no more. No le- that's all they can <laughs> offer to – Big mean Tottenham for Harry Kane. So, you know. It's so good. It's kind of like Manchester City are like starring in a remake of Oliver Twist. Oh. And they're just like, 
the poor little orphan child who can't afford anything. Yeah. And it's like, you've absolutely got to be kidding me, Pep. How can he think that anyone is going to buy that, what he said? Like, it's bananas. Definitely. And so to recap the quote for anyone who hasn't heard it, um, it was apparently Pep given it, uh, I think it was a Spanish TV station um, and or might have been radio, but he basically said, um, if we offered Barcelona or Real Madrid a hundred million pounds for a player, they would, you know, they would be grateful for that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't reject that. And so it's like, you know, some people go, oh, it doesn't mean he's necessarily talking about Kane. It's like, well, clearly all the reported figures of like Manchester City making a hundred million pound offer for Kane, like he's clearly referring to Kane. Mm. But it just seemed like it's like someone who hasn't had hasn't been told no in such a long time that they kind of forget that that is a possibility of reality that someone can say no to you when you try and buy one of their players. Mm. Yep. I think now that we're sort of getting closer to the season, had there not been the Euros uh, on, which it's been such a great tournament. It's probably been maybe my favourite international tournament that I've ever watched. Um, But had that not been on and Nuno had been appointed at the start of the transfer window or as the season finished, I would be, and Kane had carried on like he had, I would be like, get rid of him, sell him, and then let's use the money. And if, I mean, that's putting a lot of faith uh, in Fab. Um, you Use them, like uh, basically trying to replicate what Liverpool did when they sold Coutinho. Um, and they reinvested the money really well. Uh, and they had a new coach come in. I mean, it was Jurgen Klopp, but, you know, then they built this amazing team. Um, but now that we're two weeks away, I'm like, well, we, we're not going to sell him. And I'm glad that we won't because uh, that would be very disruptive. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like we're so close to, you know, the new season starting. Um, yeah, what do we have? Like the, the first preseason game is in two weeks, I think. Yeah, is I that- thought the season was starting in about two weeks. Um, I think it starts like mid-August. Is it mid-August? Um, it, it has to be. We can't be two weeks away from the season starting, yeah, surely. don't know. To me, July is uh, always just like a void month because there's no <laughs> yeah. Premier League, so it's like, ah. Um, I should, yeah, I should look that up. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it could be starting pretty soon, but regardless, even if it's two weeks, four weeks, five mm. weeks, it's soon. Yeah. Like that's very close to starting and... um. You know, we've got a manager who's come in just as we've like all players are coming back for, for you know, the, the non-international, players mm. the non-international team players. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of time to really muck around now. Um, and we know that, you know, Daniel Levy loves uh, Levy time on the last day of the transfer window. Mm. And and sometimes that works out really well. Sometimes you sign Van der Vaart yeah. um, and you bring him in. Other times, not so well. And we just hope that, you know, if Kane is to go, if Kane is to go, I want to see him go on on Monday. Yeah, like me too. if if that is to happen, mm. um, I don't want this thing to drag out. Um, and like people are now praising City, they're like, oh, they're they're like they're showing interest in Kane and Grealish, and like it's really clever to play Villa and Spurs off each other and see who's desperate enough. And it's like both clubs don't want to sell. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They're not desperately sitting there going, "We need to sell. We need to sell. We need to sell." Like Grealish is huge for Villa. Um, and it's like, yeah, they brought in another couple of attacking midfielders. Um, but 
it's like they don't want to sell Grealish. Mm. They've shown no intention that they want to. So it's not, I don't think it's going to be this this thing where like Spurs and and Villa start clamoring to sell Dead. to City before the end of the season. Yeah, and like oh okay fine take Kane for seventy mil. Yeah, take him. Oh no no. Oh, and, and then Villa come in. Oh take Grealish for fifty. It's not going to happen. No, and it's like I that annoys me so much. The they're like well, it's so clever by City because you it's not. It's just like. We've got so much money, uh, you know. Like we we can just these two smaller clubs and their best players and their talismanic players. Let's just see what happens with all our money. We might get one, we might get both. Like it's so gross. <laughs> At, like it's not clever. Like it's just it's basic. It's so basic. You know that's what you would do in that situation if you were a sociopathic uh, club, which is what they are. Which is one hundred percent what they are. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it's like. We've spoken in, in the past about, you know, Sky Sports wanting to engineer these transfers and they really want them to happen and all the media that's pushing for them as well. And I don't know exactly what it is, like where this drive really comes from. Like, is there a drive to have, you know, a British super club? Mm. Again, like there are already huge clubs mm. in England, but like, is there this idea that like there's one English team that becomes, you know, like a Barcelona, Real Madrid, where that's like, you know, the biggest club in the world with like a team full of complete all-stars in every single position. Yeah. Like, is there a real desire to have that in the Premier League mm. as something like... Well, there's so many countries, you know, like we've spoken up uh, before with uh, wanting, not wanting Spurs to be in the Super League, but also wanting us to spend 200 million every transfer window bit uh, January or the summer transfer window it's the same with Man City where there's this desire to create this like Galacticos super club, but then also the same pundits will mock other leagues for having, you know, one or two clubs that are massive and no, no one else can compete with them. Um, I think, I mean, to me, and we've said this before, but Sky Sports is motivated to report on these transfers uh, one, because it generates news and they are pretty much a 24-hour news uh, cycle. That You know, that's how they run. And two, they own a betting company <laughs> that profits of people making bets about whether these players are going to transfer. Like that, it's <laughs> absolutely like baffling to me that especially to do with transfers, you believe anything that comes out of that fra- uh, franchise company, whatever, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's what they want. And for them to have arguments on, you know, their shows between pundits about whether someone's going or leaving, that's good TV. Like, not, I mean, I don't think it is, but... <laughs> um, well, people watch. Yeah, people watch, yeah. Because um, it's like, you know, when people uh, chase ambulances to go and see what's happened in a car accident. <laughs> that's what Sky Sports is. Um, yeah, so... I've been pleased to see on the on the flip side the athletics articles over the last couple of weeks. Maybe because there's no prem on, they just and they're all united around supporting England. They've just kind of chilled out a bit on the clickbaity um, stuff. Like the articles have been good. Like that Jack Pitbrook, the the long form about what we did was great. Like I really enjoyed reading it. You know, and it being summarised in that kind of way. It yeah. feels like it's more what we thought the athletic was going to be when we yeah. first signed up and started started reading. But I kind of feel like we talked about last pod, which was wait till the Euros ends. 
and then yeah. what happens? Yeah, and um, does his cane circus start up, mm-hmm. and it goes back into that. Like, are people so distracted maybe with the Euros that they're kind of writing these more in-depth things? Mm. Because there's a lot of transfer news which is on hold Mm. until that sort of all gets finalised. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I I agree though. It's like, you know, it's really nice. Like everyone, even how much we're aware of it, we are all perceptible, um, sorry, susceptible to, you know, jumping on some clickbait. Oh, yeah. um, Seeing what happens, like especially when it's a Spurs play, and like I hate it so much. But if it's like, you know, this player did what in training, and I'm like, well, I gotta see it. What do you do? <laughs> Literally, I did this maybe half an hour before we started recording this pod. Um, Football London put up this thing that was like five things we noticed from the first training with Spurs. Uh, uh, what did Nuno do? And I was like, what did Nuno do? And I clicked on it, and the five things were like. Harry Winks was there. Lucas Morris scored a goal. Andon Bello's still wearing that beanie, even though it's pretty warm. I was like, what? <laughs> I want like, to hear what he said. Like, what is he saying to them? What's he trying to do? Yeah. I think there was a note in there which said, like, Nuno moved his hands around a lot, maybe signalling repetition of things need to be well drilled. And it's like, oh, what even it? Like, how did you get there? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. If he'd not moved them, would it be like, Nuno does not want anything repeated. Like, yes. What? What's happening? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I did like, like that, that that video. I love training ground videos so much. Oh, me too. Um, there were a couple moments in that video, which I think is just worth worth touching on. Like, to be fair, like there were a couple of clips of Lucas and he did look pretty sharp. Mm. Um, but again, whenever I see Lucas now and then I like framing him in the Nuno context, I'm like, is Nuno going to try and make Lucas a wingback? Yeah. Like, is, is, see, even your reaction yeah. there, I feel like there's we'd be open to sort of seeing him as a wingback. Not saying we need to play wingbacks all the time, but you kind of think like Lucas showed last season, like, you know, he's he can be just an absolute pest. Yeah. And like he 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 puts in, he challenges. Like defensively, he is annoying to play against. Mm. Um, he's not as good as we hoped he would be in terms of like attacking and being consistent and like mm. always making the right decisions there. But could you see him like, you know, bombing down the wing yeah. more so than like, um, you know, trying to play as a forward or more of a creative midfielder? Mm. Sure. I love this, Dan. I mean, I love any player that gets suggested to play in, in fullback or wingback as like a kind of like, whoa, let's flip the switch on this. So you could suggest any player to me that was going to play as wingback and I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Joe Hart? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, let's do it. Um, it's very like Vince McMahon again where like, could they then be this character yeah, instead? I love it. But like the idea of having Cess and uh, Reggie on the left side and then having Lucas and you would hope a very much improved Doherty um, on the right. That is sweet. Because the way Nuno plays, you know, the the midfielders are looking to play the ball out to the wings for those wingbacks to run onto, which in terms of Lucas, like we know he's not very good at making decisions and he runs into cul-de-sacs all the time. But if he his job is to defend and then make really quick runs to which he receives the ball – and maybe is in a position to where he can't even think about making a decision. It's like shoot or pass straight away. Um, that might work. It could. It could work. Yeah. It could work. I guess like what we're both showing here is like you know we're optimistic about yeah. this situation, and you know it's like cool until players are sold. There's no point us just raging 
about them constantly. Yeah. Um, I don't want to diminish your feelings towards Harry Winks, of course. He needs to go. <laughs> but but I think it's nice to look at these players and go, ah, I wonder what will happen there. Like to me that keeps some of like, the excitement going of like, cool, if we do keep this player, how will we see them play under a new um, under a new coach? Like what's that really going to result in? Mm. Um, it was good to see. Like I've got a feeling, and I don't know where this is coming from, but like I've got a feeling about Delhi. Yeah. That, um, and this is kind of almost a, regardless of Nuno, but mm. from what Delhi's been putting out, like um, he's put out a few videos of himself training. He's jacked. He's so ripped. Yeah. Like he's like he looks like he's in great condition. Mm. Um, it's nice that even in that video we saw him and Dyer like tussling again yeah. and having a bit of fun and. Um, I just feel like, um, you know, and I know like, like Delhi, like I love his hair now. Oh, it's great. And I know people have like, you know, talked about about that before and it's like, no, it's just great. I just love like, I love like, it just seems like Delhi's got like more confidence back. Yeah. Um, we'll see if that translates, but what was that? New me, new hair. Yeah. It's very much the vibe. (laughs) I love it. Exactly. And it's like, I'm really excited to see like, okay, you know. Um, has Delhi actually like turned a corner and he's gone like, you know what? I'm not going to let my career start going to waste. Mm. Um, and here I am. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to really put in mm. and fresh start with his new manager. Um, I think as well, he kind of said he took responsibility for everything that happened with Jose mm. and, and Delhi said that, you know, it was his fault that like, that he didn't sort of kick on and, and, and play well under Jose and didn't really, um, you know, sort of dropped off quite a lot during that period. So it's like, even if Jose was actually just like, you know, uh, a bit of a meanie to him, um, I do like that a player like that comes out and goes, you know, admits fault and goes mm. like, you know what? It was my bad, but I'm ready to go. I'm back. I'm willing to put in. Um, it just feels a bit more vulnerable from a player to actually say that as opposed to just, you know, like taking veiled shots at Jose and going like, well, it's Jose's fault that, you know, he he didn't believe in me. I need someone to believe in me, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm, so yeah. I'm so ready for a, a Delhi redemption arc. I'm so primed and ready for it to happen. I hope that the media is also ready for that because he's missed the Euros. He had a you know, bad season last mm. season. New manager. He looks amazing. Is this going to be the Delhi renaissance? The Delessance. The Delessance. Um, I really hope so. I also am really excited to see, and fingers crossed he doesn't get injured while he's away with Argentina, that Lo Celso has a really good season. Because the, the Jose's first season, you know, that first half of the season, like Lo Celso was pretty much holding the whole team together. And then he didn't have a great year last year. He was injured. And people, I've seen so much negative stuff about him. And I'm like... Do you not remember in the first season with Jose how he was like literally willing us to win, like putting everyone in his own, on his back? Like I, there was that run I think against like it was Southampton or someone like that, like where he picked it up like kind of deep in our half and like Ramford turned a couple of players and he just like all right here's the Celso. It's starting mm. to come out like you know this is done develop into the player that we hoped yeah that we sort of had I like I love like. It's so frustrating that him and Ndombele, like when we signed them, I was like, whoa, this is cool. These guys rule. Um, and Ndombele has shown great things, but also there's still question marks around him, not from me or probably you, but, you <laughs> not know. Not at all. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think he's amazing. 
But Lo Celso, you, you know, it looked like Lo Celso was going to be the one that sort of like not makes it, but is like regularly part of the team. And Dombele for a while, it was like, what's he going to, what's going on? And it's completely flipped. And what I want is for them to just both be <laughs> on equal footing, like uh, mm. because they're both great players and they both bring something different. Um, so I hope, yeah, I hope this is a good year for Lo Celso. Definitely. I think this also raises a point that we kind of think that, you know, again, players are robots and they're machines. And mm. it's like, you know, it's it becomes hard for us as fans sometimes to just justify why a player hasn't been playing well. And it always just has to be, oh, they're actually crap. Yeah. Oh, the reason they're not playing, it's because they're a rubbish player and we overpaid this, that, everything yeah. else. They're actually, they suck, they this. Oh, but then two or three managers, they haven't really played well under. And it's just like, Players are humans. Mm. We all have like mental things, you mm. know, that can really affect our environment, how we play, how we how we go to work, how we feel when we get up in the morning. Mm. Um, and I think it's like, you know, given the right sort of, again, the right sort of environment for these players to be in, that's sometimes all it can take to really allow a player to really sort of kick on and and sort of, you know, go go off and go up to another level. Like I remember, for example, like um, like Marcus Alonso. When he was a Bolton, he was not a great player. Yeah. But then he goes to Chelsea and becomes an elite wing guy. Mm. Like these things happen. These things happen quite a bit where suddenly it's like, and often the coach is just purely credited for it. Like, oh, they turned them into this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's so many situations that happen in these players' lives that, you know, we got to remember they are human. They Things can go on in their lives, which can affect how they play. And, you know, sometimes we just need them to be in the right environment and the right sort of state. Um, and then they can actually, yeah, they can they can just focus on the football. Uh, they can have fun playing again. They can enjoy themselves. It doesn't become, um, you know, it doesn't have to be this like hard, you know, hard work of like, you know, n- not needing to enjoy it. Yeah. Like I think it's a weird spot because like we as non-footballers, like we, we go to work and we don't always enjoy every moment we have in work. Um, but I think like players, it's they, they have to have that enjoyment factor. Because if you're not enjoying it and you expect it to then go out um, and play football, which is like such a physical thing, there's so many mental things that the players need to remember in terms of like all their tactics, all this, everything else. And it's like, you know, they just also just need to have fun. Like they have the most fun. And then that's when they start messing around with the ball a bit. And I mean that in a good way. Um, And you get these just, you know, wonderful free-flowing moves that it's like you can't like just coach that move into them. And you look at it and you go, they are enjoying themselves so much mm. and it kind of takes me back to like you know the team that Redknapp had playing together and you could just tell it's like they are enjoying playing together yeah yeah I completely agree so uh, I think the last thing that we have to cover is um, the transfers is that right yeah, I think the transfers um, would be the last thing to talk about. There's been a few things floating around, nothing really that concrete. Yeah. Um, one thing I think like the, 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 the tweet I've seen, which isn't a transfer one, but my favorite tweet I've seen this week is from Leighton Orient. Looks like it's from their official account. Yeah. Um, and they've put a picture of Kane and with hashtag it's coming home and the caption says, we actually had this guy on loan, WTF. <laughs> and I love that personality from Leighton to go like, can anyone believe this? We had this guy on loan. Yeah. Um, actually, I think this ties into our point before. It's like Harry Kane was a bit of a late bloomer. Oh, yeah. 
and he was playing at um you know he he wasn't scoring heaps of goals uh but then the right circumstances came about and he's just you know developed and kicked on but yeah we actually had this guy on loan WTF yeah that's so good um in terms of the the transfers i am so out like the most out of the loop i think i've ever been in terms of what's going on with spurs so would you do you have any idea could you give like a bit of a rundown of of i know like i've heard the names or read the names rather but i don't actually have any kind of like i don't have any insight that i could give yeah look i'm probably not going to give too much because it, wait I, I said it then as if i knew more mm. like i'm not going to give too much away um <laughs> i can't legally so <laughs> yeah it seems to just be changing quite a lot at the moment um just the names i've seen are us being linked with a lot of defenders it seems like those reports about like Tomiyasu, mm. they seem like it seems like that's probably going to happen, um, which I think is good. Like again, I've only seen clips of him. I haven't watched a huge amount of Serie A, but most people who that I've seen speak about him have said like he's a pretty decent player. Um, he's got a lot of attributes which would work really well um, in the Premier League as well, and he's versatile. He can play with both feet um, and available for not too much, like twenty twenty five. Um, Kunde is the other one that we're um, mentioned to mention. Oh, sorry, mentioned with mentioned with. That doesn't even make sense. He's the other linked, one we're linked, linked with. Linked with. <laughs> linked yeah, with. Nice. Yeah. Or <laughs> um, has been mentioned. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of like, I would be very surprised if we pull that off, because like he's a he's a player, um, and he's young and he's already got such a like you know such a solid sort of reputation and like. I'd be surprised if we could pull that off. But if we could pull that off, then it's like Paratici is a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he comes in and manages to sort of secure that, um, you know, there's reports from him of, of like, oh, he's turned down Spurs as a second tier club and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you, oh my God, you never yeah. know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Like you offer players a big contract. Suddenly you don't become a second tier club in their mind anymore. Mm. Um, but he's, he would be exciting. Like, yeah. I think now it's kind of key for us that we need to start seeing, um, we need to start seeing some activity. We need to see some players start leaving. Mm. Um, given that Foyth has already left, and mm. that's like fifteen mil, fifteen twenty mil or something, like there's not a huge outlay there to sort of conceivably say, all right, if Tommy Asu, that might get, you know, um, tied up pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I think we really like this week. We need to start seeing some movement. Even some players going out because then it's like, all right, well, something's coming, mm. something's happening there. Uh, it seems like most of our attacking links have just been kind of a bit all over the place um, and nothing's really eventuated. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's also been, I guess, maybe a little bit quiet this last week of the Euros because maybe everyone who's coming up with transfer rumors, they're just a bit tired now. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we'll keep coming up with rumors and no, no one's biting, nothing's really happening. So, ugh. Just need a, a week off. Yeah. Um, or maybe it kicks up. They're like the bitter journalists that didn't get to go to the Euros. And so then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, we're going to fly you around and you can play in like. Um, so you can you can go to all these wonderful games and watch these players play and mm. and report on that and like, you know, give us live, live, live tweets and live streams and all that sort of thing on the matches. Uh, and then, Roy, you can sit here and make up transfer rumors. <laughs> yeah. Just try and make a mess. Just <laughs> the wildest thing you can come up with. Um, but Roy doesn't have a very good imagination and so um, that's tough for him. Um, yeah. 
Poor, poor Roy. Poor Roy. Poor, <laughs> poor Roy. Roy. You don't want to be Roy if no. you're a, if you're working there. You don't want to be Roy. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit disappointing if the Euros finish on well Monday morning our time, and then there's like no transfers that happen for yeah. like a couple of weeks. Um, it might also be a case where it takes a few clubs to start making some big moves. Oh yeah, to really kick everything off. Like we know Sancho's obviously gone through. Mm. Um, but like, I mean, Dortmund having money doesn't really mean like they're not really going to buy much. Then that's going to not going to equate to much movement in the Premier League, mm. effectively. So, I think it just like you know Leicester have done some good deals so far. Um, but apart from that, it's been relatively quiet, and I think you know it will probably start picking up. But yeah, it it, it feels like, I guess it feels like yeah we're just in this kind of like holding formation at the yeah. moment. Um, and just waiting for that to change. Yeah. Um, on the next episode, I would like to go through uh, my FIFA career mode Spurs team because I have been wheeling and dealing. And the the team, I don't know. I think Son, my, oh, Son and Reggie might be the only players left from the real Spurs team. I sold Lucas to Arsenal uh, to punish them and him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I immediately uh, released Harry Winks from his contract. <laughs> I like that. I hope the game would be like, oh, you can actually probably sell him for like 20, 30 mil. No. Not released. Released. I also got offered Messi for 5 million or so. I can't remember. It was like 5 million in a player. It was ridiculous. Um, I've got Dybala because I sign him every single time I play FIFA because of us almost signing him and then it not happening. Anyway, I'm already talking that this is for next week. This is for next week. We got to say that. We got to say because there's more to unpack there. Yeah. Um, There's, I love like talking about like FIFA career mode and what happens because yeah, it's like, it's for me, it's very stop start. I'll get inspired to do something and Mm. we have a particular like, a particular like agenda with it. Mm. Like, oh, I'm going to start a career mode, but I can only sign X Spurs players if, or something stupid yeah. like that. Yeah. And then five games in, I'm like, no, Bale doesn't want to come back. Modric doesn't come back. <laughs> um, this is a stupid mode. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back and turn negotiations onto easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what mine is set at because there are some wild things that like, I'll make a very reasonable offer and uh, people walk out on me a lot. So... <laughs> Well, that's yeah. great. We can unpack that. Um, yeah, we can unpack that for the uh, next week. Mm. Now, oh, I should say also, uh, the manager's name is Mister Pooh Pooper. So, I guess that way you're. Yeah. <laughs> so on FIFA, you are controlling Mister Pooh Pooper. Pooper. Yeah, he has long blonde hair, a top hat, and a black suit. <laughs> <laughs> is Mister Pooh Pooper having any success? I don't mean don't give away too much here, but yeah. Is Mr. Poo Pooper a respected manager? Look, people hate Mr. Poo Pooper. <laughs> However, he did win the league title last season. So, well, yeah. Okay. So, we could learn a few things. We could all learn a few, a few things. things from Mr. Poo Pooper. <laughs> Actually, okay. it might be Dr. Poo Pooper. I need to check that. I hope it's Doctor because <laughs> yeah. that would make more sense to me. <laughs> Dr. Poo Pooper. Yeah. I yep. love that as well. Like the idea of. Um, yeah, playing in a game like that and just going like, all right, I just want to see these headlines be stupid Yeah, all the time. I'm going to name myself Fart. <laughs> yeah. And then you just see all the news headlines come up and it's like, ah, at least I'm enjoying this joke that no one else will ever see. <laughs> um, my housemate said that he looks like a confused alien. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> I will take a photo and send it to you. You'll, you're going to love him. I, I'm, I love it. We can put it up on our Twitter. Oh, 
Yeah, that would be great. He it, needs to be up on the Twitter. Introduce the world to Dr. Poo Pooper. <laughs> he looks incredible. It's <laughs> See, look, this is why, Barty, you and I, we're happy with any manager we get because yeah. we're settling for when we can play a game and be like, put anyone behind the wheel, we're putting someone Dr. Poo Pooper <laughs> yeah, in that exactly. position. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, on that note, is that, that is that the end for this week? I think that's the end for this week. That's yeah. um, hopefully next episode. Yeah, we'll have some more transfer news that mm. we can sort of talk about. We would have seen some more training videos that yeah. we can get very excited about. Yep. Um, and yeah, we'll be got like you're going to Perth for for sort of a week, week and a half. A so, week, yeah, yeah. Yep. So we'll probably record after that. Mm-hmm. So either we'll have you know very little to update on, or yeah. hopefully a lot, <laughs> a lot. The world would have been set alight. Yeah. Um, but regardless, look, I think, you know, overall what I've taken out from where we are now is that it feels good. It feels relaxing to have a manager in place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we might as well all just get on board. Yep. Support Nuno. Mm-hmm. Seems like a good dude. Yep. I like that. Yeah. I'm like ready that for too. that. Yep. And it's just like a weight off our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if this all goes well, we're not going to remember this huge long search. No. Nope. Um, you, put, you put it in other, you know, industries and like, you know, hiring like a top level executive can take months. Mm. So it's like, we just have this demand of like, what done now, 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 now. But, you know, if Nuno gets off to a good start or even if he doesn't, as long as he just doesn't get off to a terrible start. Yeah. I mean, like Poch in his first season, we were fine. Um, if he does that, like if we finish sixth. And does Poch almost got sacked. Yeah, exactly. Which is what worries me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if we, like you say, top six is a good aim. Yeah. This season. Mm-hmm. And that just because if we don't make Champions League, that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. We're still going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll still function as a club. Yeah. We'll get there. We yep. just, if we just, it's like we're, we're on the downward curve right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's just turn that around. Yeah. Let's just start getting that going up again. Yeah. Um, And then like, I would, I would, yeah, I would love nothing more to see, you know, Nuno just get us playing, you know, some nice attacking football, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I think we're all just craving. Mm-hmm. Seeing the players enjoy themselves, seeing the coach enjoy themselves. And then therefore like allowing us as fans to just maybe enjoy ourselves a bit more yep. rather than just complain constantly. Totally, totally. Yep, I agree. Well, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. This has been A Bit Spursy. Uh, come on, you Spurs. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.